Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee served the Lord faithfully for more than 70 years, culminating with his exhaustive commentary on the entire scriptures called Life Study of the Bible. We're happy to bring you recorded excerpts from his ministry. At the end of the program, we'll give you the website where you can find out more about the remarkable ministry of these two men. But for now, we hope you enjoy today's program. The book of Ezekiel opens this way. Now in the thirtieth year, in the fourth month, and on the fifth of the month, while I was among the captives by the river Kibar, the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. Included in these visions of Ezekiel are many things from the natural realm that are used to describe things in the spiritual realm. These things are deep but we can understand them through the natural things that Ezekiel gives us as pictures. Today, we come again to the clear, expanding firmament that is over the heads of the four living creatures. This awesome crystal, as it's referred to in the Bible, is actually a picture of the spiritual sky that all of us as believers desire and are capable of being under. How to Stay Under the Clear Sky in Our Fellowship with God is our topic today. John Pastor has joined us. John, we come back to these incredible visions of Ezekiel. Uh, Chapter 1 is just uh, so full of item after item, the details. It all has, as we've seen now, great spiritual significance, but perhaps nothing more important to the experience of every believer than what we're going to touch today. Well, Chris, it's good to be back, and it's uh, good to realize that we're even though we're in message number nine on the life study of, of Ezekiel, we're still in chapter one because there's so much depth in this chapter uh, and so much practical application to our everyday Christian life that we all want to live for the sake of God's purpose. And I think this matter of having a clear sky, hopefully as we get in today, it will become something very precious indeed, something even awesome as Ezekiel describes the awesome crystal expanse that's above the heads of the four living creatures, we need to realize we have an awesome responsibility and an awesome privilege to participate in God's move by having a clear sky and a clear fellowship between us and God and between us and all the other believers. I remember growing up, John, as a young person, the word awesome was not used very much. Uh, what has changed in a generation today, it's become a very common word. Our, our, our kids and young people everywhere use it uh, in every other sentence, it seems. But we want to dispense with that kind of usage and understanding and come back to the real significance of such a word. This is the biblical word. It inspires awe. And it's got an aspect to it that's almost fearful. In some of the older translations, I think it was translated as terrible. And there is a, an element of that uh, associated with this word, but it's this expanse that is so clear. It's likened to crystal, but it causes us to have awe. This is the kind of condition that we want to be under, isn't it, in our walk with the Lord? To be able to have a clear conscience, to be able to have a clear sky in our fellowship with God on a daily basis is indeed awesome. 
It is a great thing. It is a marvelous thing, and we need to cultivate it as the Apostle Paul did when he said he exercised to have a conscience void of offense toward God and man, to have a kind of daily exercise that allows us to have a free fellowship to the point where we can see God on the throne is indeed an awesome experience of a genuine Christian. John, in this chapter, in these latter verses, uh, verse 26, it points out that uh, beyond this awesome crystal, this clear expanse, is the throne, and on the throne is a man. So there's so much significance to this. If we want to experience the throne in our lives and experience the one who is on the throne, there cannot be the kind of separation, haziness, fog, clouds. Uh, between us and the throne. That's why this clear expanse is so important. And we'll see in this first portion today, uh, as you said, uh, we have Paul's word, because of this, I also exercise myself to always have a conscience void of offense toward God and man. The key to having that kind of conscience is in 1 John chapter 1. And I'll just read two verses that will come up early and often today. And those verses are seven and nine. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from every sin. Verse nine, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Here's Witness Lee with the first portion today. Tonight we have nearly come to the last point of the first chapter of Ezekiel. And what is this important point? That is, above the clear sky, there is the throne. You know, we have seen that above the head of all the living creatures, there is a clear firmament. A clear sky, a clear and expansive heaven. Above this clear sky, there is a throne. Then upon the throne is a man. It's very meaningful. I do believe you all can apply the throne to your experiences. When we Christians do have a clear heaven with the Lord, when we do have a clear fellowship with the Lord, or in other words, when we have nothing between us and the Lord, our heaven is crystally clear, and our conscience is pure, is void of any offense. For us, the Christians, a clear sky, a crystal heaven needs a pure conscience. A conscience without any offense. You know, whenever there is some condemnation, some offense on your conscience, your sky becomes cloudy. When you do have some problem in your conscience, that must be the time that you apply the blood with your confession. You have to confess to the Lord and apply his blood to your failure. Then you get your conscience cleansed. 
Then you have a pure conscience. Then your conscience is void of offense. Then you have a clear sky. John hears this vision. It seems mysterious. It seems abstract. It seems、uh, you know far away, but yet it is portraying to us, conveying to us, perhaps the most practical item in the Christian life in terms of. Establishing and maintaining our relationship with the Lord, this matter of our confessing our sins often and thoroughly is just so critical, isn't it? Confessing our sins to enable the Lord's blood to be applied, so that our conscience can be clear of any offense that would block and hinder our fellowship with the Lord. A Christian's fellowship with the Lord is the most precious thing that he has. To have that blocked in any way by sin or offenses is a grieving of the spirit, a quenching of the spirit, and we have to do everything. We have to realize that we need to confess those sins so that we can have a clear sky. The four living creatures are on the earth, but they see right through the sky and see the throne, which means that there's nothing blocking their vision of God and their seeing of God, and it's sins that block our seeing and our. Vision of God, offenses toward our fellow brothers and sisters, offenses toward even unbelievers, just offenses toward God. These all create clouds and form a barrier between us and God. And so, to have a conscience that is void of offense is a very precious thing indeed. We need to be those that exercise to always confess and apply the blood, so that that clear sky can be maintained. And I believe. Genuinely, every Christian knows when there's an offense. It's just difficult to face God in prayer.、Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's difficult to face the brothers and sisters. Sometimes it's difficult to face your wife because there's some offense. And whether we know exactly what it is, we still have that sense deep within something is not right. And when we have that sense, our first realization should be: I need to clear the sky so that I can see the throne and be properly oriented toward God and toward His people. You know, John, if you.、Uh Peruse the bookshelves in the Christian bookstores today. A lot of space taken up by books on relationships and all all kinds of approaches to the way to have relationships and solving problems in relationships. And I have to think that if there was more attention paid to this very basic element in the Christian life, the matter of proper confession, dealing with offenses, dealing with sins. How much progress we would all make in our relationships on every level, just as you said, in our church life, in our family life, in our work life, because when those things accumulate and pile up, not only do we get a barrier between us and God, so that we can't see Him, we can't hear Him, but you know the the strain is constant in our relationships one with another, and then we resort to all other kinds of things to try to get through. But really, we need to start here. Often we try to solve the problem by assigning the blame to somebody else, but even in a situation where someone may have offended us, there is also the possibility that we have offended in return, and we're not completely without blame. There's very few instances in the human life where some aspect of our being is not responsible for the offense, no matter how much we have been offended. There is still something within us that provoked. The outbreak on the part of someone else, which means that we were wrong. We really have to have this realization that 
there are many, many instances where our responsibility does not depend upon the other person's actions. It depends upon our relationship with God. Can we turn and look at God and see God? If we can't see God, no matter how much the other party has offended us, there's still something that we probably need to open to the Lord in a deep way and confess and allow the Lord to shine his light on us so that we can confess that sin, confess that shortcoming, and allow the fellowship to be restored. The most important thing is, is there fellowship with God? Not who's did what to whom, but do we have fellowship with God? If we don't have fellowship with God, then no matter no matter what the circumstances are, we have to confess and repent and apply the blood. John, as we've been talking about, beyond this clear expanse, which now we see typifies the state we're in when our conscience is fully void of offense and clear with God, beyond it is the throne and the man on the throne. And this is what a clear conscience should bring us all into, and that is the experience of being those who live under a direct ruling from the heavens. Here's Witness Lee with our next point. All the living creatures are under such a clear sky. It is in this kind of situation there is the throne. We all need such a clear sky. Above this clear sky, we have the throne of the Lord. The throne, the Lord is on the throne above such a clear sky. You know what? Right away, spontaneously, we are just under the government of such a throne. We are under the ruling, the reigning of such a throne. You know, we Christians, properly speaking, should be all the day under this ruling. Under the ruling of the Lord the throne. Let me check with you. Do you think we Christians need the policeman to rule over us? If so, if we need, that means we are not under the throne. Day and night, all the time, we got to be under a throne, under the throne of the Lord. Sometimes we have something to say to others, yet our sky is clear and the throne is in front of us. From this throne, there is the ruling. The throne exercises the ruling and we just Swallowing all the words. You know what I mean? Sometimes I got to be mad with my dear old wife. But the throne is in front of me. Right away, all the temper goes down. Hallelujah. All the loathing of the temper right away changes to hallelujah. In our Christian life, in our church life, if our sky is clear, what is there? A throne. Very practical example, John. You know, a lot of times we hear about a, a certain event, situation, and the attitude or the conduct of a certain person just causes a reaction. And all of a sudden our head is filled. I've got nine things I'm ready to say to this person, and I, I even know the order I'm going to use when I get my chance. 
But between then and when we meet this person, we run into the throne and everything changes. It's very good to be under the throne. This is a precious experience of a Christian to be stopped by the Lord, to have the Lord's authority come in and overrule our intentions, our desires. It's a marvelous thing when we have this clear conscience and God's ruling comes in to speak to us in a very practical way within us. There is often just an immediate response and an immediate amen, and we swallow, as Brother Lee said, we swallow those words of anger. They just, and in fact, they get swallowed up. And what happens is, is there's just joy, enjoyment. We can maintain our relationship with the Lord, and it's so easy to be a person living under the throne. And it's a marvelous experience of a Christian to be stopped by the Lord and then to obey the Lord speaking in that matter, to be a person under the throne. Of course, a New Testament application of this is living by the law of the spirit of life that's operating uh, in us. But when the sky is not clear, when that fellowship is blocked, is hindered, Uh, Interesting. A lot of times then we don't have that same restraint and the words come out and now we have another problem. You know, we had the the thing grow up in our heart, but it also then produced fruit. Now we've got another offense to deal with. So it all breaks down if we don't maintain this kind of clear condition. That's very true. I think it's more fearful to be a person not under the throne than to be a person under the throne because of the so many negative ramifications that come when we don't allow the Lord's throne within us and the throne that is in the heaven to operate and to restrain us and restrict us. John, uh, I I picked a couple of verses uh, in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 20, to help us uh, lead into this next portion, and I think we'll see how they tie in. But Jesus called to them and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and the great exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you, but whoever wants to become great among you shall be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you shall be your slave. Here's Witness Lee. We'll see the application of this to what we're talking about today in this last portion. Sometimes... When you come to a dear saint, he's gentle, he's mild, he's meek, yet in his presence, you have the sensation that something there weighty, something there powerful, something there just ruling over the situation. You may be a very loose person, sloppy and so forth. When you get into his presence, right away something, something rules over you. Please tell me, what is that something? That is the throne. Or you may say that is the Lord's presence. That is the transmission of the heavenly throne to this earth. Through that dear saint. We need a clear sky with a heavenly throne. Today, the Lord needs such a group, coordinated living creatures. While they are standing or walking on this earth, the heavens are open to this earth. What they are working, standing on this earth, they just have the heavenly trunk transmitted to this earth. Amen. This is the church life. No human way to exercise any kind of authority. 
Even people come to you to recognize you as a kind of authority, you have to say, no, I am not that kind of authority. Absolutely no. The authority doesn't mean that. The authority means a throne above the clear sky. Look at the picture. The Lord is on the throne above the firmament in the heavens. And the living creatures are walking or standing on this earth. It was through them that the Lord on the heavens just becomes one with them. The heaven is connected to the earth. The heaven has to be brought down to the earth. The heaven now is moving upon this earth. So, by and wait all the living creatures. This must be today's churches. And this must be today's overcomers. This must be what we are today in our Christian life. Hey John, here's another tremendous matter, tremendously misunderstood matter, and equally misapplied matter, the matter of real spiritual authority. It's also indispensably connected to this clear sky, isn't it? Spiritual authority is not related to position. It's not related to education. It's not related to esteem. It's not related to celebrity. It's related to how much a person is connected to the throne in his daily living. If a Christian has a clear conscience in fellowship with the Lord and his eyes are opened and he's living under the throne, the authority of that throne is transmitted, has the possibility of being transmitted through him to those standing on the earth. The four living creatures are standing on the earth, yet they see the throne. And the throne is directing the movement of the four living creatures. And so spiritual authority comes from a person who is living under God's authority. And a person who's living under God's authority often lives and moves and and acts in ways that are uncommon. I could say it that way, uncommon to most people's perception. They think that a person with authority is someone that says, do this, do that. But actually, it's a person that manifests a life and a living that's under God's authority. And I just appreciate the point that Brother Lee makes elsewhere in this life study, that this authority is, and being under God's authority is not simply related to being a good person. Right. It's related to being a person who is actively participating in the carrying out and the execution of God's eternal purpose, which he is directing and motivating from the throne in the heavens. We need to be people with a clear conscience, living under the authority of the throne so that God has a way to move on this earth among a group of people to accomplish his eternal purpose. And it often comes in our experiences through little brothers or little sisters Uh, that just speak a word, a small word here or there, but you realize this is from the throne, and I need to listen to it. You know, a subtlety, but I think it's important, and I'd like to uh, try to develop it in a little bit of time we have left. It's not even that because God has found us to be faithful as being ones that are under you know, his ruling, therefore he's going to entitle us as a sort of a reward to bear authority. The point is, it's never really our authority. I think that was made clear in these verses from Matthew 20. You know, the disciples there were not to exercise their own authority. The authority is God himself. 
God's presence, which is resident in the person that is the authority. That's exactly right. The authority is God himself. God is the authority. And God, as such an authority, he came to serve and not be served. So often the real manifestation of the Lord's authority can be seen in those saints and those believers that are pouring themselves out as slaves, not as uh, persons that are dictators, but people that are pouring out their very being, they are giving of their very self to the saints for the fulfillment of God's purpose. This is often the real manifestation. You can see the real manifestation of God's authority many, many times in the saints and the believers that are pouring out all of their being on behalf of the other believers in the church for the fulfillment of God's purpose. Yeah, there's there's very often a real subduing that comes out of that kind of living that, that seems to quiet all the trouble and solve the problems, and you realize that God's authority is here. This person may not have said one thing, not have given one order or command, yet God's authority is present, he is ruling, and calm is brought to the situation. Just to be in the presence of such a believer who's under God's authority is a real blessing. It is. Well, this uh, time together, John, has been a blessing, and these programs have to me, at least, uh, I feel like day by day I've been brought into a little more light, a little more shining, touching things in my being, and Hopefully, by the Lord's mercy, this is being uh, multiplied as these uh, radio programs go out. Good to have your help and participation. It's good to be here. We invite you, as always, to contact us about the many resources. The toll-free number, if you'd like to call us, one eight 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 life study That's 888-543-3788. That's all the time we have for today. For John Pester, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this program. For more information on Witness Lee and Watchman Nee, please visit our website, lsm.org. Again, that's lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.